Good evening and welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by the Freedom's Path Recovery Society. We are not affiliated with any 12-step fellowship, nor do we wish to propose only one solution. We understand how different solutions can greatly increase an individual's chance of survival. We hope to illuminate some of the recovery process by sharing as many human stories as we can. Why, you might ask, to show that we can and do build stable lives from a former state of chaos, desperation, and hopelessness. Our stories become our strength. Please remember that any and all opinions shared and heard are those of the individuals and not a reflection of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other entity. So regardless of how crappy or wonderful our opinions might be to you, they still remain opinions, nothing more. You might hear swearing adult themes and situations, as well as the tragedies humans face and walk through every day. It is not suitable for children unless they are accompanied by a parent or guardian or have the explicit permission of those individuals. Welcome to Voices in Recovery. Uh, our guest tonight is, you're not going to believe me when I tell you that her name is I Am, uh, Coulter. Is that Indeed, correct? yes. Yeah. Um, and she has <laughs> graciously offered to come on short notice and talk about some of the incredible shit that she's up to. Also, <laughs> you're going to find out how she got the name I Am. And I'm not going to tell you the story I was going to, but I want her to tell it because it's actually better if you tell it. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Thank well, you for coming. You're welcome. I'm super excited to be here. Um, and uh, thank you for inviting me. You're quite um, welcome. Uh, well, my dad named me, so it's fitting I start with how he would start this story is uh, I was born at an early age. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, my dad was like Someone a... Someone <laughs> thought I was young. <laughs> yeah. My dad was a... Basically a hippie. He actually was born in Scotland. Then the family, his dad uh, was a drunk and ran mm. off to Canada from Scotland. And his mom wasn't having it because with her five kids. <laughs> yeah. So she actually packed them up and chased them down to Canada. Really? Yeah. So he grew up dirt poor and was yeah. doing the hippie life and uh, decided to travel the world. Ran out of money in England where he met and knocked up my mother. And uh, she was, it was like a first date kind yeah, of. Really? You know? Yeah. It was like, come, in, come and see my etchings. <laughs> and, come uh, and see my etchings. Yeah, come and come and check out my etchings here <laughs> in my room. And uh, she did. Um, <laughs> yeah, she and, did. Uh, and there you have it. And right so uh, she was actually in, in, I think, her fourth year of Catholic nursing school. And all of her friends were really? telling her, you need to um, terminate. Yeah. This pregnancy, um, this guy is going to take off. He's just this hippie, you know, and uh, and you are going to be thrown out of school and all the rest. Meanwhile, meanwhile, back with the etchings, uh, <laughs> my dad was on acid, which which was a favorite pastime of his. And uh, he felt like he could feel this baby, this presence calling out to him and saying, I am alive. I am real. I am yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, it wasn't his sort of first experience on acid feeling like something from, like he was in Stanley Park and he, he followed a, an angel through mm-hmm. Stanley Park or something. Anyway, so he's in nurse's residence room and it, they're like a, being in a hotel room where the side table has the St. James Bible. Oh yeah. And he opened it up to the red ribbon page and in red ink, it said, I am that I am, saith the Lord. So he was like, whoa. Okay, this is happening. And uh, my mom reached out to him and said, I'm going to have the baby. I don't expect anything, but I thought you should know. And he said, 
it's fine. Uh, we'll get married. Um, and I have a name. So I would have been, I am, uh, if I was boy or girl, mm -hmm. it, it, uh, that was relevant. Um, and then they gave me two middle names because I thought it would be funny if it was a full sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of your way. It was hilarious. What are your middle names? Uh, Denise, which was after their, one of my dad's best friend, Dennis Blue, and Virginia, which is the name I use for uh, clown and online dating. Ooh. <laughs> uh, <All right. laughs> clown and Guys, online dating. Guys, listen up out there. Yeah. Look for Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Virginia 111. Um, it's actually uh, <laughs> I am Denise Virginia Wolf, is what it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But uh, yeah, growing up, they used to, uh, they used to, like, I'd go to a job interview and it would say, you know, write your full name on the thing. And I'd do that and I'd go in and they'd always have the I am crossed out. <laughs> like I was just an idiot. You know, <laughs> I live at, my name is, you know. I am. Anyway. Um, yeah, they're, they're funny people. <laughs> my brother got no middle names, which set up a real problem for, you know, like she gets everything. Yeah. What was his first name though? Sky. Sky. Yeah, because they didn't know where to go from I am. Who does, really? I mean, come on. Dude, that's um, <laughs> why it says in the in the Bible, I am, saith the Lord, yes. I am. And uh, they were There's actually- no at, other I am. They were actually at the hospital, and Dennis Blue, they were going to name him and his girlfriend, had been saving the name Sky mm. for Sky Blue for their first kid. <sighs> but they didn't have a gift, and then they knew my parents didn't know what to do for a name, so they offered the name. So my brother's name oh, is Sky. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. What does your brother do? He's a nurse. Is he? He's a like um, uh, intensive care unit, but he's the outreach nurse. Mm. So if something's happening somewhere else and there's a call for yeah. a patient that might have to go to the ICU, he goes and is sort of like the first line of defense to that. Oh, okay. To help like kind of talk to the patient kind of thing? Well, or, or assess, probably oh, okay. assess them, yeah. treat like, I don't know really. Yeah. Um, I actually just got to see him and his family at Christmas time, but that's mm -hmm. the first time we've had any real time together in years. Wow. So I'm proud that I know he's part of the... <laughs> yeah, good for you. Yeah, the outreach program. But yeah, that's good what he you. does. Yeah. So tell tell us about you. Because honestly, when I when you we were talking, and I don't mean to mm -hmm. cut you off. You know, no, not a bit. Started talking and then asked a question and cut started you off. Started ranting, yeah. Yeah, just got into a fucking <laughs> soapbox. Um, you're, there were so many things that you were talking about, and I just, the reason, like, I wanted you to come here is mm -hmm. because it's just like, what an incredible spirit, right? And oh, of course, the you. name is fantastic. But thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So thank anyway, you. please, tell tell us about yourself. Um. Okay, I will. I was thinking about this. Um. Because you invited me to come, and and part of the reason that you invited me, if uh, if I'm correct, um, outside of name and spirit, was uh, <laughs> that we we run into each other where I work, mm -hmm. and we started chatting one day, and I was telling you how I had decided to um, set myself a challenge mm -hmm. in in the fall, late summer, a uh, hundred days, and the original challenge was a hundred days sober, a hundred days of adulting, yeah, a hundred days of making home home. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the hunt, it was time so that the hundredth day would be my birthday. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was doing that because I knew I was going to have so much happening this mm -hmm. fall. I've got, I just launched my own company, um, which is something I've been sort of planning and dreaming about for the mm -hmm. past, uh, few years and, and trying to, um, figure out exactly what it, what it needs to be. 
uh, and I'm directing a show. And it's mm. the first time I'm directing a show in Calgary since uh, 2011. Really? Yeah. Since oh, I wow. last, I my last gig was running the Shakespeare Company here mm-hmm. in town. Um, and so it was a big deal for me. And it, mm-hmm. the, the play is Shakespeare in Love. It's being done by Morpheus Theater. Mm-hmm. And it's huge. It's massive. So I knew I really, really wanted to be at my best. Mm-hmm. And and I know that for me, when it comes to periods of high stress, uh, I don't identify. I've been through, and I, I, I decided for myself today, I was going to just speak super honestly cool. um, about my relationship to alcohol and um, kind of where I'm at with it. I don't mm-hmm. identify as an alcoholic mm-hmm. or an addict. And part of the reason for that is that for me... I think our society has a problem mm-hmm. with substance abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't consider myself an addict or an alcoholic. I consider myself somebody who self-medicates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and I know that I I just want to function and be and live and breathe and exist as a richer f- version of myself. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm just I'm at the age. Um, and a place in my life, I just want to feel like I don't want to. I don't want to imagine I left any opportunity unexplored. Mm. That I left any part of what could have been behind because I was hiding from my life mm. um, in any way. And one, you know, making home home was part of my challenge because I've kind of not known where I fit for a while. Mm. And I've kind of had one foot out the door in my living situation uh, with Calgary, Mm -hmm. uh, with my career. And I just got to a place where I'm like, no, I just want to be fully with myself Mm -hmm. in in my life. So anyway, I get to 100 days and I've been sort of, I've been sharing a lot about it on social Mm -hmm. media. Um, And I just got to 100 days and I thought, okay, so now what? Yeah. So now what? And it didn't make sense to me to celebrate a hundred days by going and getting a drink. <laughs> yeah. And you're definitely not one of us then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely I yeah. I don't know your relationship is yours, but I yeah, could, totally I would suggest that you might not be. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I've had it's funny because I like I say, I know that I've abused alcohol mm-hmm. in my life. And I told I shared with you, um, when I turned thirty my life was really in chaos and I was working in a restaurant downtown. So I was part of the scene, mm-hmm. the drinking scene. And it got to the point, it was every day and we would start at five o'clock and we would end up dancing. And mm-hmm. I hated my life. I hated my life. And every week I would say, I'm going to not, I'm going to mm-hmm. stop. I'm going to stop. I'm next week. I'll be good. But then Monday roll around the end of the shift mm-hmm. would come. Everybody would be going for drinks and yeah. I would be beside them. And I got so desperate to make the change that I really thought I was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And I went, I went to detox. Mm-hmm. I spent, I did the weekend in detox. And it was, it was kind of hilarious because I was in my bed, you know. Did you go to Renfrew? Um, was it Renfrew Detox? Or? I bet you it was, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't remember the name, uh, but that sounds. It would like have been a wide-eyed was, opening experience, that's for sure. Well, I was sitting, the first 24 hours or whatever was sort of like, you know, you're in the puke ward where Mm. there's a lot of illness. There's a lot of, and I was just sitting in the bed, like, you know, not ill Mm -hmm. because I wasn't, I wasn't drinking enough that 
that not drinking was going to cause me any mm-hmm. physical pain. Yeah. Um, but I still wasn't sorry I was there. Mm-hmm. I was scared and I felt out of place, but I wasn't sorry I was there. And it was an eye-opening experience. Mm-hmm. What was so valuable to me was to see A, and I say this with full, um, God, that makes me emotional actually, mm-hmm. with full respect and love for people at every stage of dealing with this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But for me to actually be in rooms with people who had suffered so much mm-hmm. from drinking opened my eyes to how blessed I was, mm-hmm. how lucky I was, um, and how, how lucky I was to be 30 at the time that felt mm-hmm. old to me. Now it's like I was a baby. Um, and and then just the classes on like what it's doing to your brain. Mm-hmm. You know, um, finance class. And I, I'm, if I'm going to do something, I do it all the way. So I got out of my weekend and I went straight into like a week long outpatient kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I did my classes and I added up how much money I'd spent on booze and I, I did group counseling and all mm-hmm. of that. And I worked a 12 step program for just about tw- uh, two years. Mm. Right. But on. when I got to the end of the two, maybe it's like a year and nine months. Mm-hmm. Um, my life was in a really great place and I had really, really healthy people in my, in my life. Mm-hmm. And actually, um, the people in meetings were the ones that were more toxic mm-hmm. in, for me at that time, the meetings yeah. specifically I was going to. And at my age, I was, mm, you know, getting into a bit of like into relationships that weren't healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I realized that the light, the light in my life, mm-hmm was outside of the room. So I went, I went towards the light. Yeah. And I lived, a, I, I have lived a really beautiful life. And, mm-hmm. um, and I started working for the Shakespeare company and I built it up and I created, uh, like a beautiful loving family of artists who came together mm-hmm. and did, did these magical shows together. Um, and, uh, were you the ones putting on the Shakespeare in the park as well? Well, there's, there's two versions of that. Yeah. We were putting it on in the park, but yeah. there's also the more well-known, um, program used to be run by Mount Royal, mm. uh, that Princess Island Park. Yeah. 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 That's was Mount Royal College and now Theater Calgary, oh, okay. um, is sort of overseeing that program. Yeah. Uh, we did, uh, do some Shakespeare in the park and we would tour vineyards in the summer uh, in the Okanagan and stuff. And uh, we did it at Pump House Park outside Pump House Theater, which is where Shakespeare in Love is playing. And a lot of uh, performances happen there. And, but I'm, I've, I'm still aware that, you know, when I left the Shakespeare coming, my whole life shifted Mm -hmm. and some really beautiful things happened, but also I had three concussions within a year that, that went into like really deep depression, mm-hmm. um, anxiety attack from being overworked mm-hmm. from that job. I started having panic attacks. So I started self-medicating. Yeah. Uh, and then after a few years of self-medicating with alcohol, you know, trying to get help, starting trying different antidepressants mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, uh, I've had depression severe enough. 2016, I was suicidal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, you know, slowly but surely, one day at a time, mm-hmm. I've I've making my life healthier and healthier. Um, but it goes up and up and down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really long rant. It's okay. Sorry, That's, you got lots of time. Okay, yeah, you, you can you can rant as long as you want. Uh, I just I guess 
I don't know where to start, but the beginning sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so this year, this year came up, and I just feel like I'm at a place in my life where I want more for myself spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also at an age where, like, I'm still young enough to do anything, but I'm old enough to realize that I, I have to be super careful about how I take care of myself mm-hmm. to have energy and stamina and presence and i wanted to feel bright and um clear mm-hmm. so when the hundred days came up and that is how it started it is my thinking of you being yeah. here that's when it started yeah yeah the hundred days came and i thought i'm not what i've done is i've accomplished a hundred days and i'm doing really well um and i started going to yoga and and i'm i'm taking care of myself but because I'm so busy, I haven't yet gotten to the other side mm. of if I was to have a drink, like what am I drinking for? Mm-hmm. What's the point of the drink? What is what is a drink going to offer me? Yeah. If I'm seeking something that gives me the urge to consume, mm. like what am I actually seeking? So I want to know that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I don't, if I don't take the old habits out of the equation right mm-hmm. now, how will I understand what any of the other options are? Yeah. That's just reasonable, yeah. You know, like yeah. I just, there's no, yeah, if you just keep going the way, the, walking the path you've already mm-hmm. walked, you know, you'll end up where you've already been. Totally. And I want to go somewhere new. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So that's where I'm at in terms of... Um, my relationship to alcohol is mm-hmm. that right now my relationship with myself is more important yeah. and my relationship, my connection to other people in the world. I want to understand. I understand why, why, you know, there's been times in my life alcohol has served me. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I grew up with an eating disorder. I was bulimic since I was 11 and there are periods in my life where, the ability to have a glass of wine at the end of the night would be the difference between a binge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's times it's been good. Mm-hmm. I Sometimes I worry about getting so much done. I'd work so hard that the only way I knew how to put up the out of service sign at the mm-hmm. end of a day was to pour the glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I needed to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't regret where I've been. I'm just curious about where I could go. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. And we also started talking, um, which, so the day that you, when you walked into the office mm-hmm. the other day, it was exciting for both of us because the reason I launched, I am Shakespeare, um, the com- which will be my company doing the work that I want to do, mm-hmm. um, moving forward. Uh, I, I knew I was going to be so busy directing Shakespeare in Love. I wouldn't have time. For the show, mm-hmm. for for my company, yeah. But I didn't want to hold off on launching it mm-hmm. because I didn't want that dream, that future of mm-hmm. mine, that path that I know is where I want to be going. I wanted to keep that up in front. Mm-hmm. I wanted that in my horizon. I wanted to be able to look at it and yeah. keep being called to it. And one of the things that I'm really interested in now with working with Shakespeare mm-hmm. is the ability to create environments where people can 
it's therapeutic. It's not therapy, mm-hmm. but um, there's a lot of programs where uh, Shakespeare is done in the prison system or mm-hmm. uh, work is done with veterans. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious about that work and I'm personally connected mm-hmm. to um, addiction um, groups because I've been around that. I've got yeah. some experience in that. Um, as well as for me, w- just working with women, mm-hmm. um, working to empower women and, um, to empower anybody. I don't really have that strong a preference for yeah. women, but when it comes to things like eating disorders mm-hmm. that I relate to personally, I know the power that the, the empowerment that can come from taking a piece of text. Mm-hmm. I think we, as human beings, we have these massive, no matter how plain your life might look from mm. the outside or you might imagine it looks from the outside, there's no one whose story, mm. when they actually start telling it, isn't fascinating. Absolutely. And deep and twisted and wild and yeah. painful and beautiful. But for so many people, um, there are very few opportunities to articulate it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also maybe people who have experienced a kind of um, pain or experience in their life that they don't really have the capacity to, to talk about. Mm-hmm. But if given a, a section, a selection of text, yeah. to actually pour those feelings that they've had and not been able to articulate mm-hmm. into text that's already shaped for them um, and to have to fill it that's mm-hmm. the thing about Shakespeare. You have to bring yourself uh, physically, emotionally, breath, mm-hmm. intellect, passion. Um, yeah, he's pretty intense. It is. It's so intense. Yeah. And the heightened yeah. language requires, like, you it li- you literally need to be mo- a fuller version of yourself mm-hmm. to fill it. Yeah. Um, and we're out of practice as human beings doing sure. that. Um, so I've, I've been in enough rooms now, enough classrooms and workshops and seen enough examples of when people actually like mm-hmm. flip that switch on and step into their own power and use text to, yeah. to share that. Do you have an example of it? Oh gosh. Um, maybe hard to narrow it down to one, but it is hard to narrow it down to one. I can, I mean the. The first thing that comes to mind, I'll share that, mm-hmm. um, is a story that one of my mentors, Kevin Coleman, tells about he does Shakespeare in the Courts program. Mm-hmm. So he runs, um, there's the Fall Festival of Shakespeare, which mm-hmm. works with, um, high, it's a high school program, okay. 10 different high schools, amazing program. And there was a principal um, of one of the schools that used to do it. And then mm-hmm. he moved on to become a judge in oh. uh a courtroom for young offenders. Oh, okay. And he kept seeing these young offenders coming mm-hmm. in and coming in and coming in and repeat customers. And he got the idea, like, couldn't we do something like this high school festival? Because he'd seen how good mm-hmm. it was for these kids. Yeah. So he connected with Kevin Coleman and they started this program. So if you go to his court, you might get sentenced to Shakespeare rather oh, yeah. than juvie, right? Well, that's pretty cool. It is cool. Yeah. And most of them would rather do juvie. Really? To begin eh? with. Oh, yeah. 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 They'd rather. They'd They've rather heard do stories it. of Shakespeare only then. Yeah. <laughs> and they have this, you know, all of us have this idea yeah. at some point in our life about the Shakespeare where you're just stuck in a classroom. Yeah. Falling asleep, saying things you don't understand. 
and uh, <laughs> all four years of college. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, but he, there's two stories he tells. One is about a girl who was a runner. She would run away. She was mm-hmm. run away. Okay, and she would always do that. And um, and she she would come to rehearsal and then bolt when things got tough. Right. But their rule was as long as she came back, mm-hmm. she was back in. And um, when they when it came to performance day, because she did come keep coming back, the stage manager found her backstage clutching a waste paper basket around mm-hmm. her chest because she was uh, going to hurl. Yeah, she was, she was nervous, terrified, <laughs> and uh, but she didn't run. That's awesome. So that's that's what the sense of community mm-hmm. it can bring. She knew they needed her. She was part of something mm-hmm. and something had shifted in her that she stayed. The other is a story about a, the girl that got cast as Polonius, which is um, uh, Ophelia's dad in mm-hmm. Hamlet. And in the beginning, she's like, I hate this part. I hate it. Like, he's such a dick. Like, I just, <laughs> I hate this guy. Right. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and then, you know, a couple weeks later, She's like, I just, I can't stand him. He talks like, this is how, this is like how my dad talks to me, you know? And I mm-hmm. hate it. I can't stand it. And then a few more weeks, because you, you have to keep working on the part. You have to understand mm-hmm. what you're saying and why you're saying it. So eventually one day she comes in and she says, the thing is, he really does love her. Wow, eh? He really does love Ophelia. Yeah. He doesn't know how to say it, but he really does care about her. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe my dad actually does care about me too, but he Mm -hmm. just doesn't know how to say it. So nobody put those things together for her. Mm -hmm. She did. By reading it. Yeah. By, by embodying it. Yeah. Embodying it. Yeah. That's another thing he says is that if you, if you write a paper about Juliet Mm -hmm. a year from now, you'll forget all about it. Yeah. If you play Juliet, she becomes part of who you are. Like on a cellular level, because you became Juliet. Juliet is me. I am Juliet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's now, I, you know, I've done that and it is a part of me forever. Mm-hmm. There's parts of myself I discovered when I was playing Juliet. You know, I, now I can at least speak personally from it doing the balcony scene. I was 40. I had just lost a tooth. I like did not feel like a Juliet mm-hmm. and they cast me in the Juliet, Romeo and Juliet balcony scene. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> no, it's like my it's like my high school geek self worst nightmare. You know, oh all the goodness. other girls are gonna think, why is that loser you're playing Juliet? She's not right for it. You know, <laughs> she has no oh, tooth. She has no tooth. Her <laughs> hair is blue and she's old. Um, I was so like terrified, and I kept we'd go into rehearsals, and I'm a competent actor, and so they would always say, "I'm we're not worried about you guys. Like the scene is good, it's good." You mm-hmm. know, but I still can't help feel. But feel like you, um, you're acting what you think Juliet is. Like mm-hmm. there's still a taste of this. It's what you think you should be feeling. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until the rehearsal with just him and I where I finally tapped into why I was having so much trouble with the part. It's I didn't feel like it was believable for me to be Juliet. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, it made sense to me as Juliet Dost thou love me? I know thou wilt say I, yet if thou swearest, thou mayest prove false. At lovers' perjuries, they say Jove laughs. Oh, gentle Romeo, if thou dost love, pronounce it faithfully. Mm. And I could go on and on. Um, I won't. 
Uh, you can if you want. But no, no, I won't. It's like a love giant wank. <laughs> yeah, but it's a giant wank, but I fucking love that scene. So I'm just like... I'm <laughs> but like, uh, that was just the first lines that pop into my head. But it wasn't until I, I was the Juliet that really was scared that Romeo wasn't being straight with me. That he's the son of my enemy's fam. Like, what if this whole thing, I'm, I'm falling fast and hard and he is saying everything I've ever wanted to hear in my whole life. What if he's but can shit? I trust it? What mm-hmm. if you're full of shit? And she begs him. Don't, you know, she's, I can't, I can't think of this specific text, but leave me to my grief. She says, leave me to my grief. If you it's basically if you're lying, I don't remember mm. the exact words. But go if you are lying, if you're mm. not being true, then go and leave me to my grief. Mm. Uh and there was a sadness in my Juliet. And it my I remember Kevin Coleman, the same mentor, saying to me, uh, I've seen Juliet like ten thousand times and I learned something about her that I'd never learned before. But he also said to me, You've taught me this thing I've never seen, but I hope for you, you work so hard, and my hope for you is that you can also find her through joy. Mm -hmm. He said, because there's certain things that you can only find through joy. Mm -hmm. But for me, it wasn't until I could work through her pain and fear, because that was more my comfort, that was what I connected to personally. Then I had a release. Because hmm. I finally actually was Juliet, so I didn't have to worry about not being her anymore. Hmm. Um, and then, like, we, it was the goofiest, loveliest, most joyful scene at the end of the day. And, um, and I'll never forget that. Hmm. Um, so what I, what I'm really excited about, um, in my life is making space for other people to have experiences like that. Hmm. Um, I love working with non-actors. Mm-hmm. I love, I just love human beings. I just I could see how them. that's so transformative though. Yeah. Like, and, and why you would want to start your own gig to do that. Yeah. It's, a woman came to me who, she does a ton of work in the city. Um, but she had heard about me wanting to do work in the prison system and things mm-hmm. like that. And she got so excited and she was like, you know, and I get it. I won't, I'm not going to share her name or her no, specifics because okay. that's her story, right? Yeah. But she's she's doing lots of great work, but she wants what I think so many of us want. Like when I come home at the end of the day, when I feel like I did anything that kind of made a difference or not, it, that makes it sound um, like I'm not talking about doing charity work. I mean like being in a room where where real stuff is happening and mm. human beings are growing and having mm. experiences that really matter to them uh, and that we're, we're seriously connecting. Mm. That it, I'll do 20 hours of that a day, mm. every day, and come home and feel completely charged up. Mm. Um, whereas I know from, you know, that I told you I was, it may not sound fancy working in the restaurant, but that was one of the most high uh, in my life, mm-hmm. being paid more than I'd been paid mm. on paper. My life was looking pretty good, mm-hmm. but my my heart and soul were just totally depleted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like just oh, it makes a huge difference when you do what you love. Yeah, right when you get to tap into yeah. your deep, 
like deep soul love kind mm-hmm. of stuff, right? And that's what Shakespeare speaks to. Well, it's all about the human condition. Yeah. And in a totally shitty language, but nonetheless. It is not shitty. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said to me yesterday, or not yesterday, a few days ago, she's like, oh, you know, I mean, like Shakespeare is totally antiquated and da da da. And I was like, bah! <laughs> It's in English, man. And I know it's not for everybody, but the problem for the most part with Shakespeare is that it isn't being fully embodied. Yeah, you're being asked to read it. People are speechifying. People are reading. Even really great actors are like, they're memorizing a monologue Mm -hmm. and they are delivering a monologue, but they are not, that's what makes it so athletic. They are not living, breathing chewing spitting mm. crying like actually being in the moment of not even just that line that mm. word that word why did you choose that word uh why why you know um uh what did she say Some, something um uh air air one can say it lightens and she's talking about lightning but like why does she say she's talking about how fast lightning mm. is and it'll be, you, you know, your vow could be gone before someone could say, it lightens. It's not, mm. that's not a real word. That wasn't a thing mm. back then. She made she, it up. She makes it up. She doesn't know what to say, <laughs> you know, and it's goofy. And if you yeah. can actually, if you can actually devote yourself to climbing inside the language, mm. the words like that. Yeah. When I, when I was running the Shakespeare company and we do shows out in the park and the number one comment we got from people was, I cannot believe I I understood everything. Mm-hmm. Cool. I, I can't believe it. But it's different when someone embodies it and delivers that message to you. Like it's way different. Because uh-huh. what you're talking about is not what I did in university, sit down no. and read a book on Shakespeare, one of totally. Shakespeare's plays, right? You can't embody no. it like that. And I think that's probably what scared a lot of people from Shakespeare is because you have to actually mm-hmm. get into it, right? You do. Yeah. You, well, you do. And- and there's not in today's this is maybe another reason that I'm it's exciting to work with non actors and mm-hmm. because uh there's not a lot of money in theater and everyone's dealing with shorter and shorter rehearsal periods, so you don't mm-hmm. have time to dive deep. So I love actually just working on like a speech with someone mm-hmm. as opposed to having to worry about getting a whole entire play put together. Yeah. That's cool too, but it buys you so much more time to dive deep. Mm-hmm. So like I love I'll do a weekend intensive and everybody just brings a monologue and we get to spend hours and really dive into mm. that one little thing as opposed to being concerned about big picture all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I one of the exciting things about Shakespeare too is that it's uh, it's a shift in playwriting because all of a sudden up until that point – uh, well, even even if you just think about right before that point, if I don't mm. do the history of theater right now, um, there uh, plays were like the morality plays, you mm. know, and people were going out and they were doing the Christian plays and it was do this, go to heaven, do this, go to hell, yeah. right? But it's very much right and wrong. Whereas Shakespeare's plays are all about asking questions. Mm-hmm. One of my mentors says the the three questions are, what does it mean to be a human being? What must I do? What must we do? Mm-hmm. And the plays ask those questions over and over yeah. and over again. Um, and there's no such thing as a good guy or a bad guy in Shakespeare. It's mm-hmm. why it works for so many people from mm-hmm. so many walks of life is that there's no hero that isn't mm-hmm. deeply flawed. Um, Much more realistic heroes. I yes. Think. Yeah. And they don't, 
they turn to the audience direct address and they say, should I kill this king? And they actually ask the audience. So mm -hmm. suddenly there's an empowerment to the audience. Oh, I need to think about this too. Mm -hmm. What would I do if I was you? As opposed to, this is the way it should be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You kill the king and then you go to heaven kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that really appeals to like my sort of anti-conformist, mm -hmm. you know, rebel self. <laughs> it's I like, like it. Don't tell me what to do. Yeah. Ask me. Well, that, and that's kind of what Shakespeare was all about. Yeah. Was don't tell me what to do. I think so. Right? And 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 it was, well, he was pretty good at walking the line. I always got the sense. I'm it's just, a dangerous period, right? Yeah. So he did a really good job of writing plays where you give, you can tweak, you can tweak authority. You can mm. use the fool to speak to authority and go, yeah. hey, idiot. That's the idea <laughs> of the jester, right? What you doing? Yeah. 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 Um, and you can, uh, you can play with, with authority and, and um, people in power, but it was a dangerous time. Like, mm. If you wrote the wrong thing, you know, people were put in jail. People People were put to death. Yeah, too, right? put to death. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he walked the line pretty, pretty well. And that's one thing about being really, really smart. Yeah. Is you can, you can, you can exist on a lot of different levels yeah. all at the same time. Especially back when he was live mm. because there was no Google search and there was no like. <laughs> There was no quick Wikipedia like Fact answer. Check like this. he actually, <laughs> yeah, he was actually smart. Like without yeah. any without any sort of real assistance. <laughs> yeah, outside of the education. I mean, yeah, I mean, well educated yeah. certainly. And it's funny, you know, people get into this. So I was thinking about this on the way here because I've been thinking about um, spirituality, and uh, and I've been I've been really. Connecting with different things. Mm -hmm. uh, like I have crystals in my back, so it cool. seems so flaky. Why? But it's like, for me, who cares? Because if I look at this mm -hmm. pink stone and it makes me think about love, great. Yeah, why not? Who cares? Yeah. If it makes me think about love um, or if, if I have a white little selenite stick and it makes me think, okay, I'm just going to do one of these. I'm just going to... You know, I'm mm -hmm. I, that's good on a podcast. I'm miming things. Um, <laughs> she's, wave, she's waving her hand I'm like trapped a crazy in a box. person. I'm trapped in a box. Yeah. She's trapped in a box. She's, she's doing a mime and we're about to kill her because we don't like mimes around here. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like who cares if it makes me feel, if it shifts mm -hmm. my thinking. So this thing about like who wrote Shakespeare. Yeah. Could it have been him? And could it have been one person? Who cares? Yeah. For me, it's gone beyond like a man. It yeah. isn't about there being some man, some specific dude that we know very little about. Mm. It's just the fact that somehow there's there's this and and it doesn't encapsulate everyone's story. And no. I want I want to be careful about that because um I love it so much. I'm I'm known to be like like I am Shakespeare. It's because we all are, man. Like, I am, you are, we all are. But no, somebody else has every right to go, yeah, yeah. no, I'm not. Thank you, though. Thanks for your offer, but yeah. I am not. Um, and for some people, they have um, just an, an old white English playwright does not serve them in yeah. their life. Yeah. And uh, I respect that. So, no, it's not for everybody. Yeah. 
but it sure does encapsulate a lot. And if you can get like a group everywhere from a group of high school students to a group of veterans mm-hmm. to a group of prisoners that all can have transformative experiences mm-hmm. by doing a play. Like there's something in that. There's got to be like a portal to yeah. the human condition. Well, yeah, there is. And I think that when you when you were describing it earlier about the in, in capturing, encapsulating. Sure. In, yeah, encapsulating the role. Trapped in a box. Yeah. <laughs> Getting into the role, I guess, besides just reading. Embodying. 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 Thank you yeah. very much. I'm like, no, not at all. Darcy's used to it. Me Darcy too. just like pauses, <laughs> stares at me while I. It was I, my look. word, and I couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah, but I do this a lot. I'm like, what the heck was I saying? <laughs> um, the embodiment of it is, I think it's our base instincts, right? I think that's mm. for me. And don't get me wrong, it's not going to appeal to everybody because lots of people won't even take the time to try to understand the words. Mm. And if you don't understand the words, well, then you can't get the message. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just always sense, and I, I like Shakespeare. I don't mm. love Shakespeare. Oh, I don't love him because I don't like. I haven't studied him beyond the surface, yeah. right? Like, um, I can tell you, I hate Chaucer, but I love ah, Shakespeare yeah, me too. better than Chaucer anyway. Yeah. Um, but what was I talking about? See, this is what Darcy's used to embodiment. The embodiment. Oh, how that would absolutely transform people who are suffering with maybe PTSD or, oh, gotcha. right? Yes. Like the, the ability to be someone else yeah. even and to experience life because what I experienced and I, I only did like nothing major when I was in high school. Did I do a play in high school? It might've been in like Sunday school mm. and I was like Joseph or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but when I, as I got older, what I noticed was even though, um, some of my friends who were artists and actors and stuff like that, like there was something different about them when they would do like their roles mm. and they would always talk about like, uh, this was actually mostly in college because I went to Mount Royal first before UFC right. and, and got to spend time with ladies and gents who did theater. So the embodiment, it seemed to like separate a person from their own shit long enough to look at their own shit. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does make, you would know yeah. more than me, but no, it absolutely does make sense. Yeah. Um, there's a, a psychiatrist, Bessel Vanderkoek. Okay. Um, might be Vanderkoek, but I, <laughs> I don't know. Let's just call it Vanderkoek <laughs> and we'll say we're <laughs> even. <laughs> so he, he wrote. <laughs> <laughs> totally, dude. <laughs> so, Doctor Vanderkoek, <laughs> let's call him Bessel. I just um, want to remind everyone: I'm 44, by the way, but cock jokes still make me laugh. <laughs> I'm I'm a 12 year old boy. I'm, yeah. I'm trapped Thank in you, a box. I am. <laughs> um, so he wrote this a brilliant book, and it's called "The Body Keeps the Score," and it's all about trauma. Mm-hmm. And um, uh. He talks, his son actually, he shares that um, his son, it wasn't a great name from, for what he was dealing with when he was in school other than chronic fatigue syndrome, I think they oh, were calling okay. it. But he yeah. was having a really rough time. They, when they realized his energy levels were higher, a sort mm-hmm. of late afternoon, they enrolled him in improv. And then that led him to doing some theater work. And um, his first role was from a musical uh, and it was kind of like some big dude that had a song you know i don't do musicals so i know nothing about it the second one he played the fawns hey right and so his dad saw him one day like practicing like what is the walk 
yeah of a dude that like is super cool and gets yeah. all the babes right and it's but, exactly like you're doing right now it is it's, it's you, if you could walk, see her right? walk you say that's the dude's walk that's right, right there. it's too bad that hot dude is trapped in that box <laughs> <laughs> or it's not <laughs> we're all uh, trapped in something man <laughs> but he um uh but that started changing him because in order to embody Fonzie, he himself had to like practice what is his how does his body do that yeah. and his confidence started going up um and they have they he one of the chapters in the book is actually um connected to the uh company that I study with in the states called um Every time I quote a mentor, basically it's it's from Shakespeare and Company um, yeah. in Lenox, Massachusetts, and uh, he also did the same month long that I did there. And uh, one of the chapters focuses on theater programs. Mm -hmm. But one of the reasons that it's so powerful is that it's proven that in order to heal from trauma and rewire the brain, mm -hmm. you need to connect your intellect with your body in motion mm -hmm. and the emotional, emotional expression. Yeah. yeah. And what's better than Shakespeare for connecting yeah. intellect, emotion, oh. and a physicality, right? So, um, it, yeah. And for me, people used to, uh, look at it as a mask hmm. a lot, right? And I, I guess I always thought of it as more of a portal because mm. it wasn't that I was putting somebody else on. The excuse of a character gave me, it was like a protective layer, mm -hmm. which meant the same me that was too much yeah. in most of the areas of my life. Why are you so emotional? You know, mm. I, I was much too emotional and, 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 um, <laughs> I had too many human needs to be <laughs> convenient to my parents and, mm. and I, they're lovely people. Don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but you know. They were still kids themselves trying to figure yeah. stuff out. Um, but so you get this message, and I hear this from a lot of people, mm -hmm. that a, a sense that they think people think or will think they're too much mm -hmm. if they actually show you who they are. Yeah. So a character then, be, for me, it became a little protective shield, mm -hmm. and then I could just channel. I really miss acting. Yeah. You should see her face. She's like, lit, she's like lit up and put her, gave us claws. That's awesome. I really miss acting. Yeah, it's I'm overdue. Um, I'm overdue. Do you but, have any? Do you have any ideas as to where you might want to act? No, no, I think I'm a black sheep in this town. Like, I don't think really? people really want to work with me. Yeah. What happened? I don't know. I think oh. I probably like showed my personality at some point in time. <laughs> like, I think I might have been too much. That's so, that's so funny. I was just telling someone the other day. They were like, uh, they're, I work with them and they were they were dropping my name somewhere. Right. And they told me that they dropped my name and I started laughing and they're like, well, why are you laughing? And I said, why would you drop my name? I said, who the fuck am I? <laughs> and then they said, secondly, I said, what if those people don't like me? <laughs> impossible they, yeah that's what they said and i yeah. said it's not impossible you have no idea mm. like i've been around long enough that i have some enemies sure but <laughs> there does seem to be a, a trend <laughs> towards that being impossible maybe at one one time it'll be impossible yeah oh you're on your way that's right <laughs> <laughs> so but what 
can you tell me anything that happened? Like, is it a secret or did... How do you mean? Like, I mean, why I'm not working? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean... Because I don't want to pry, but I no, kind of no. want to pry and, a little and, bit. I mean, I wish I had an answer for that, really. It's, it's a combination of so many things. Like, acting is very... I'm very good at acting. I'm terrible at um, hustling for work. Oh, okay. And in order to be an actor, you really need to have that hustle gene. I kind of get that impression. You really need it. Because yeah. I'm not hard to work with. I'm actually, I'm I'm great to work with. Yeah. Um, and my phone number is yeah. 403. And just ask her. She's <laughs> yeah. great to work with. I'm, just ask her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, I'll write you a letter about it. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it's it's tough. It's, I'm not... And and the other issue is that I was always a character actor. I was playing the crazy old lady at the museum when oh, I was okay. like 15. And then based on never never so get wait. headshots that are too attractive. So wait, they would ask you to play a crazy old lady when you were 15? Yeah, like when I was in school. So they couldn't find like actual, uh, actual crazy cra- ladies? Well, not that, that we're in grade 10, no. Oh, I got you. Okay. Yeah. So I just started thinking. I was always, yeah, no, there's... I'm really good for crazy old lady parts, though. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Just so you know, guys, it's... Sorry, what was your online name again? www.hiremeplease. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so I was a character actor, but I kept getting called out to audition for like the girlfriend part. And mm. that's part of the problem with plays in general is that uh, particularly for women, you are either the ingenue, the romantic interest... You know, or you're like the cougar slash wifey or your grandma. Mm. And there's not a huge range of interesting roles for women. So that was boring for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and like I say, I'm just not great at the hustle. Then when I got back into acting, I actually started getting work. But simultaneously, um, that was when I was asked to take over the Shakespeare Company. Mm. And I had to make, in my mind, I had to make a decision, which was um, to prior to either go back into professional acting or to focus on running this company. Mm. And I focused on running the company. And there's been a really valuable lesson for me in that because the guy that ran the company before me had no problem putting himself in lead parts. Mm. Um, And... And the gentleman that runs it now and is doing a, a fantastic um, job of it, uh, the the company has been thriving. Um, but he's also put himself in mm-hmm. leading roles. I always felt, and I think this is a little bit of female conditioning, that I can't do that. That would mm-hmm. look so selfish. I don't know if that's female. That I don't be, think I would do it either. Yeah, I don't know. But it's more common with the female artists that I talk to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But so I felt like I had to choose one or the other. Mm. And one of the things I learned with Shakespeare and Company, Kevin Coleman telling me, you have got to learn to be selfish. Mm -hmm. You have to think of in in Shakespeare when they write self with an E on the end, it's equivalent to you say myself, my soul. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's like, you have to think of that as being like, <laughs> I call it soulfish, <laughs> you know, but it's like, you That's need good. to take care of your own light. Yeah. And I learned, you know, I came back. I, one of the reasons I left that job was because I knew there were things the company needed that I couldn't give it. Mm-hmm. I didn't have, um, I didn't, I, I was doing great creatively and artistically, 
but they needed somebody that was going to be able to shake mm-hmm. hands and work a room and that's not who I am. Um, and I wanted to grow and learn and expand myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I needed to go and do that. Uh, but what is my point? I, I rambled too long. Um, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I've learned now. What have I learned? Uh, one of the reasons that I decided in, in getting my own company going with the I Am Shakespeare, like mm-hmm. I have a name you can play with. But part of that is a little, it's a note to, to self. Put yourself first. It's I Am Shakespeare. And it's it comes back to, because oh, I, like I know I'll lose track of that. Yeah. I know I will, because I, I love like to that. be of service. I love mm-hmm. it. I love helping and being and making other people happy it makes me feel like i have a purpose and a Mm -hmm. point um so i'm happier but i know i'll get lost in it so i literally have to look at it and it says i am shakespeare Mm -hmm. so i have to i have to tend to my own light that's no one else's job that's Mm -hmm. my job that's right it's no one else's responsibility Although, if you feel so inclined, you can reach me at www.hireme. Um, Dot hire me. But you know what I mean? So, uh, so yeah, I, I, it's hard to be an actor. It's brutally, mm. brutally, brutally hard. There's not a lot of opportunities. And because I also, for the sake of the Shakespeare Company, accepted an equity contract because it, it was going to help us look professional, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, and be able to um, be in the running for awards and things like that. Mm-hmm. But now I'm part of the uh, union. I'm not allowed to do community theater. Oh, really? So I can't even volunteer my time. <laughs> so no one wants to pay me to do it. And I'm not allowed to do it for free. Wow. So I, I've come here tonight, as you can see. Yeah. Looking for My next work. piece is Richard yeah. from Henry VI, part three. <laughs> Richard, Henry VI? That's right. Cool. Am I then a woman to be loved? <laughs> if so, you can reach me. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get three concussions in one year oi right right forgot all about that yeah i didn't forget because my concussions were a long time ago and i'm david yeah <laughs> they um so three in a row it was one and then uh almost a year later two within a month so the first one was visiting my uncle and uh, he lives out on the island and he had completely renovated his deck, but not like to spec. <laughs> <laughs> you mean so no one inspected it? That's what you're saying. Yeah. There was no inspection. <clears throat> uh, so, uh, but it just, it was super dark because we watched the sunset. We were having a great time mm. and we were sitting and there, there was a staircase down to the old deck and I just pushed back my chair to get up to go inside to use the washroom but when i pushed back it caught in the lip of a stair and just it just tipped backwards you went down the stairs yeah and i just like smacked my head up against the cement side right so that was the first one and then i was working um after i went and did this training uh with shakespeare and company right after i left the shakespeare company I wanted to go back so mm-hmm. badly. They had a conservatory program. So I came back home to fundraise. And one of the things I was doing is working on a truck for Goodwill. Mm-hmm. And I was responsible for like, you know, being on the big trucks and going store to store and getting oh. all the stuff from inside. And there's these. You were driving huge, one of the moving trucks. I wasn't, I was, I was traveling. Yep. But then we'd hop off and we'd get the high boys and the really tall blue, like, 
like manly, manly Tupperware that can bash you in the head, you know. Uh, and there was at the extremely Mc- manly Tupperware, extremely manly yeah. Tupperware, dark blue only. <laughs> and there was one ramp that was faulty, and mm. because I was, you know, and I was like twenty pounds less than I weigh now. Like I, I was a lightweight, and what I was the like heck did shoving, twenty pounds go? I, I, I guess it, it mostly all stays in my head. In your head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I can relate to that. Yeah, it's that but, last twenty pounds, Dave. Yeah, I can't yeah. do nothing about it. No, I know. You know, <laughs> go back in time, and get beheaded. That's about it. But um, I bashed my head. Yeah, and then a month later, um, I was going to go out for the first time, and I was doing my hair and makeup. Um, and I have a setup, and there's this mirror. It's like a forty-five pound mirror, mm-hmm. and I just. W- I it, I just did a stupid thing where I went into a storage thingy. It's like a footstool that you can store things in. And mm. for me, that's where the curling iron is. And I picked up, it's like one side is padded for your feet and the yeah. other side is like a table. <laughs> Why am I telling you that? <laughs> doesn't matter. So I flipped it up to get the curling iron and looked down to find it and the mirror just went sh- Oh. And smashed me right on the top of my head. Yeah. And uh, I got really, really sick. Really, really sick. And no, it wasn't treated properly. No one yeah. told me how to take care of it. Um, and I was like three months away from moving to the States for six months to wow. do really intense training. Uh, my family didn't tell me until a year later, but they told me my personality changed. Yeah. None of them thought I was going to like gonna even make it, make it yeah. um, to the, but I couldn't imagine not going. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so depression and anxiety mm-hmm. and uh, overwhelm yeah. much, much, much faster. Uh, and it's taken, it, that's years ago. That's yeah. 20, uh, 2012 wow. or the, the second two. Yeah. And, uh, and there's still, there's still things that yeah, I, there I will think, be though. Yeah. 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 But I'm feeling much better now. Yeah. Right? Much better now that you're a 12-year-old boy trapped in yeah, a box. Yeah, in a box. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where that came from. Why, how did you come up with 12-year-old boy? Oh, is that a standard thing? It is my spirit animal. Really, hey? Yeah. I'm I'm like super, super deep, but also I'm a complete and utter child. Nice. You know? Yeah. Like I, my maturity level is... Yeah. I think that's why we, I think that's why I like you. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was one of the things I get along with people right away when they're as immature as I am. Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't even feel bad when you said that about your head. I was like, yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I always say that 12 year old boy. I have the car of like a 16 year old boy. What kind of car do you got? It's like a little Saturn. Yeah. Like I'm too old to be getting in and out of Is it a little car. red Saturn? Yeah. It is a little red one too, yeah, eh? Yeah. 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 Little I always park next to you. Oh, do you? Yeah. yeah. I don't know it's your car until now, but yeah. So now I'll park. It's got all the crayons in. in the back seat. Does oh, it have crayons in it? Yeah, it's for my Shakespeare work. Oh, I, I would have broken it if I saw the crayons. Got like a big, big manly Tupperware size. Yeah, bowl giant of dark blue manly Tupperware. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But I like it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I'd only bought it because it was available and cheap, and I needed a car. But um, even though it's a hot mess, and I keep having to put money into it. Yeah, I. They're all hot messes, man. They're cars. They're you know, they're built to break down, basically. Are they? Yeah. That seems wrong. Yeah, well, you know, as consumers, we should be mad, but we're not mad enough to stop buying. 
Well, I barely bought this one, <laughs> yeah. so I guess I feel pretty. You're doing pretty good. Self-righteous about yeah. that. Yeah. Words. We just saw two fists raise up in the sky. <gasps> Damn right. the man. Trapped in a box. Trapped in a box. <laughs> <laughs> what time are we at, man? One hour even. Holy smokes, that's pretty good. Is there anything else you want to tell us about the I Am Shakespeare, your company? Mm. And okay, and your play that's coming up. Yeah. Well, Shakespeare in Love, it's yep. just about two weeks from opening. <clears throat> it's nice. terrifying. It's a huge show. We've got uh, sword fights. We've got uh, Elizabethan dance. We've got you name it. It's crazy. It's so massive. Wow. There's you have a me cast at sword of 20. Fights. Sword fights, dance choreo, yeah. intimacy director, like wow. it's huge. Um, but it's so joyful. Um, we, oh my God, we laughed. You know, it's interesting. The other night, um, the Shakespeare company w- is rehearsing because at the rehearsal center that I work at, we mm-hmm. uh, they often rehearse there as well. And they're doing Hamlet in one room and we're doing Shakespeare in Love in yeah. the other room. And it's funny how like moment, think pieces of your life, you know, mm-hmm. lining up. But we were laughing so hard. I felt bad for them for the fact that they were, you know, Trying dealing to, with Hamlet. And yeah. it's drunk Hamlet. So <laughs> I would expect that more laughter would be coming from their mm-hmm. side of the thing. Um, but we were doing sober Shakespeare in love and it was pretty hysterical. <laughs> or at least I was laughing because I really like my own jokes, yeah. you know. Yeah. So and that's the one really nice thing about being a director is like they'll try it yeah. for you because you ask them to. <laughs> yeah. So you'll like write a joke and be like. No, it's like, dude, I'm terrible. Some directors won't touch. Like, yeah. but I'm not, I'm an actor that wound up directing. Yeah. So I, I bet you that's fun. It, it is, but it's super stressful. Yeah. It is really stressful because it's like parenting. Yeah. You're responsible there's all of these other people and everyone has their area that they're they're handling and that is stressful too but i mean i'm i'm way more i don't want to be stressed i'm thinking like about you i'm thinking about chilling. the director it's like, as a parent and all of those yeah, kids so you basically 20 kids. they're not just kids they're actually artist kids they're artists and they are trying so hard so and their heart and so they aren't they're beautiful <laughs> But they, beautifully but weird so vulnerable making doing acting mm-hmm. like and you want to get it right right yeah. and i know this as an actor every time you go out there you desperately want to get it right you yeah. want to please um and as a director you want to be pleased <laughs> <laughs> so this went totally different <laughs> oh my god yes and so oh, that's right yeah exactly that's that's uh that's <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty much like what Weinstein probably told them oh when they came God. in his office. Oh if God. you please me, I'll make you come. Oh dear. <laughs> or yeah. famous. famous. No, you know what I mean. You know, I want to laugh and be happy. <laughs> I love and, it. And enjoy things. And I do. And they are amazing. And we've we've had all kinds of excitement of late and, you know, l- last minute changes to cast members. Yeah. And, um New leading lady, right? A new leading lady. Yeah. And she's amazing. Um, she's uh, been a student of mine and I have loved her work for years. And um, uh, yeah, I adore her. And I've got a number of former students and cool. and just people that I used to work with with the Shakespeare Company that are just so amazing. So honestly, I could do nothing as a director. I could pretty much just put them 
on a set and mm. in front of an audience and you would still it's more than worth worth the price of admission yeah. um but yeah it's my first time in a long time cool. and that's been nice and then i am so excited to get back to i am shakespeare because yeah. that's really the future i want to build for myself um and i'm going to take care of myself in that maybe yeah. that is where i'll do my next acting i'll build my own show um that'd be amazing though yeah, yeah. it's one of the things that um, my friend Stefan Wolfert has a show called Cry Havoc and mm. he does really beautiful work with veterans and he is a veteran. Mm. Um, and it's a story of, of him connecting his experience um, uh, in uh, his involvement with the army. And um, although that's not, I can't remember what he's involved with mm -hmm. specifically, but, uh, and connecting it to Shakespeare characters yeah. and to Richard the third and, um, I've that's been a long held dream of mine mm -hmm. to create my own show to tell my story and to use the Shakespeare text and I want to mm -hmm. work in my clown into that um and I'd love to do some movement I really need to get on it though because like mm. I, I'll be too old to move if I keep putting it on <laughs> I'll just have to stick to text and a red nose you yeah. know um well, you got a red nose you're a clown but yeah exactly at least that's what what was his name the serial killer whoa <laughs> just kidding Dude, Dude it went dark Dude, again. Dude, what is going on? Why over am there? I thinking about John Wayne Gacy? That's bring... who it was. Yeah. yeah. John Wayne Gacy was the clown, right? Kill the party, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> and you're welcome. Hopefully, you all sleep wonderfully tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, I am gets a job. Well, actually, you won't have a new host. We'll just be hosting it from Pinoca. Because <laughs> that's where go. I might need a rest. Just so, yeah. you're, just so you know. A nice little, a nice little yeah. sleep. Yeah. Well, thank you so much thank for you. coming. It's my pleasure. I'm stoked. I'm stoked for the play. I'm, this is probably going to be, well, I guarantee it. If I can get tickets, I'm going to go. And awesome. it'll be the first time I've been to a play in about 10 years. So Awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I love Shakespeare. I love, love that. Too, Come so. see me. Come see yeah. me in the office. We'll hook you up. Oh, cool. Yeah. I totally will. Yeah. Um, so we'll get the, we got the website for, you. you already got it? Okay, cool. Um, because we'll put the link to the websites. Your the, the www.hireme. That's right. Excellent. Hire me, and then your uh, Virginia is the online name, guys. Okay, if you see the online dating sites, it's Virginia. And remember, just look for a really red nose. Uh, a really red nose, yeah. <laughs> twelve-year-old boy trapped. No, don't look for twelve-year-old <laughs> boys on the internet. You sick bastards. She wears a red nose like a clown. That's right. Bunch of sickos I'm out there. Never dating again. Jeez, yeah. This is it. I've this just ruined it. my career and my sex life. Okay. Yeah, for, you're welcome, by the way. And but good night. For everything I can help with, <laughs> and by help with, burn down. If only people knew me like that before they came on the right. show, hey? Yeah. <laughs> we got we to get our focus back on the arc. Remember yeah. your arc to awesomeness? Arc to awesomeness. There you go. Is check out Shakespeare in Love, February 1st to the 9th. First and to the night. The Pump House Theaters, the Victor Mitchell. Yeah, bring a cushion because the seats suck. Bring a cushion. Yeah, bring I'll a cushion. Need one. The play, though, yeah. will be amazing. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, and her company is I Am Shakespeare. And seriously, obviously, she loves Shakespeare. Yeah. So, and, and what that, uh, I, I'm excited about that for lots of reasons. I work with some veterans as well and um, and first responders. And I tell you what, 
the more options we have for treatment, the better. Like there's been so many things about like uh, drama therapy and these different things. And whether it's specifically for therapy or not, I think that the process that you described, the embodiment process, I just think that could help anyone. Yeah. Right. Like I could, I just can't see how it would harm anyone. Yeah. Especially if it's done in a productive, healthy way. Right. That's like, the thing. Yeah. Keep the room safe. And, yeah. and the experience is always in the hands of the participant. Yeah. You know, you don't do anything you yeah. don't want to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's quite incredible. Cause like, I'm just thinking of this now before we close, mm-hmm. um, Back in my first year of sobriety, I went to a, um, oh, I can't even remember the name of it, but it was a week, it was like three days, a weekend thing. And it was about, it was called psychotherapy, but it was drama therapy. Yeah, yeah. So the therapist, it was three days of acting out our own stuff, right, mm-hmm. as different characters. So of course, for yeah. it, it was so powerful and transformative for me. I, I am firmly believe it's what helped keep me sober, mm-hmm. especially in the first couple of years. Yeah. Because I was still behaving like the Antichrist, but mm-hmm. just not drinking. But I went to this thing and I, I had to act out my abuse as I, as a child. And so in acting that out, uh, I, I do, I remember feeling after the first night, or was it the first or second night? I can't remember. But I just remember feeling like for the first time in my entire life, in my entire life, I felt like it was going to be okay. Mm. Right. Like I just, there was just something in the acting of it out where like I had talked about it, but I had never embodied it. Yeah. Right. And I think for me anyway, and I don't know what it's like for other people, maybe it's not good for them. I don't know. Um, But for me and for the people that were a part of it, because it wasn't just me alone. Yeah. It was powerfully transformative um, to a point of, I would be like so happy to participate in this i am shakespeare cool. stuff yeah if there's anything that there's let's just anyway we'll yeah. just put a workshop together and uh, i'll volunteer my time and we'll i've got space there and we'll cool. just do it yeah let's do we'll it. just do it yeah um and i want to reiterate just let's end on uh, uh dr vandercock um vandercock i think you might really love this book uh, the body keeps the score. The audiobook is really great too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more into audiobooks. Since me too. I have the audibles thing. Yeah, me too. So oh. the body keeps the score. I'm gonna write it down. While you you're should, because um, I think you might really be interested. The body keeps the score. Yeah, it's really great. Um, what was his name again? Bessel. Bessel. Vanderkock. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, how do you spell the last name? Um, that's Van. Okay. D E. Okay. K-O-L-K? <laughs> Kulk? <laughs> I think she changed the name of this. I think she changed the spelling. Um, <laughs> it's Van der Kock. For everyone it, out there, it's yeah. Van der Kock. I'm just going to spell it like it sounds. V-A-N-D-E-R Kock. There you go. And can I just add one, one little thing? Just because I don't get chips. Yeah. Um, it's day 145. Day 145, congratulations. Yeah, so I'm almost at my 150. Fucking A, man. Yeah. Good for you. How do you feel? I feel amazing. Yeah? Yeah, I feel clear. And you know what? I laugh a lot more. Yeah, hey? Yeah. It's so weird too, hey? Like we we think like on the one hand, we're drinking, we're having a good time, we're laughing all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but for me, I just laugh more honestly. Yeah. Like it's all of me laughing, yeah. right? Like it's not just the top of me, it's all of me. Yes. Is that yeah. how you feel? Yeah. Yeah. It 
the I would say the number one benefit uh, is I feel lighter mm-hmm. and I'm just happier. Yeah. Period. There's just it's much easier for me to access mm-hmm. joy uh, yeah, and peace, and even in. <clears throat> I mean, this is some deeply. I'm there's a lot of pressure right now. Mm-hmm. So for me to be able to maintain a place of being able to keep reconnecting to joyful things mm-hmm. uh is beautiful and wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I know it's it's uh there's other aspects uh but I know that the sobriety is mm-hmm. a huge part of where that's coming from. And yeah. I noticed it right away. Um I just feel happier. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. You're just going to keep going with it? Yeah. Yeah? Well, my I devoted my – I decided I would uh, switch it to a year because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't like to think in absolutes. Yeah. Um, it doesn't need to be absolute anyway. No. I just yeah. was like – and I'm just <laughs> – my love of the hashtag just recently. So I went from <laughs> my 100 days to um, a year to, a year to get clear mm-hmm. because that's what I realized I was really seeking is clarity yeah. on why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. And what really creates pleasure and happiness in my life and relaxation. Yeah. Uh, and who I really, really am. Mm-hmm. Um, and want to be. So a year to get clear. And uh, and then I'll decide then. Mm-hmm. Just like I did on the 100 days. I'll figure it yeah. out then, you know. Cool. But, yeah. Cool. Good for you. Well, good yeah. luck. Thank you. I'm so glad you came. Thank you Me so too. much. It was fun. Right on. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you, I am. You're welcome. <laughs> We would like to remind you that the opinions shared are those of the individuals and not representative of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other affiliation we may share with organizations or individuals. Thank you, Wild Rose United Church, for your open-hearted giving to the community at large in a multitude of ways. You have graciously provided space and love for us to work within, and we cannot thank the staff, volunteers, and members of the church enough for all that they do each and every day. Thank you again, Darcy Robinson. As usual, your work is incredible. Thanks for donating it to us. I am not here without each of our board of directors, Trent Baker, Todd Deer, Christine Pimiskern, Heather Morijo, Wayne Lurie, and John James. To all of the individuals who graciously donate their money and time to helping Freedom's Path become a society and now a charity, thank you. Who is Freedom's Path? We work directly with individuals and families struggling and suffering with addiction of all types, mental illness, codependency, and a multitude of difficulties humans bring forward as they attempt to make life-altering changes. If you are interested in attending our upcoming or future groups, being a guest on the podcast, or looking to make a donation or help in some other way, please contact us through our website, www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca or find us on Facebook at Freedom's Path Recovery Society. If you are close to giving up, regardless of what your difficulty might be, please reach out to someone. You can always give up tomorrow, or maybe you won't have to. To anyone listening, imagine that your voice might be the only one someone hears inside their darkness. What is it you would like to say? As for me, I'm David Lurie, and I wish you all the best, wherever you are. Be safe and try to have some fun, because our time here is quite limited after all.